Proposal A is what was driven and supported by the citizens. This is where the community and residents, volunteers, all came out and collected uh, the required amount of signatures to get on the ballot. The other way you can get on the ballot is through a resolution through city council. And so Proposal B is also on there. And of course, we were very dismayed that Councilman Benson along with the support of the city administration, pushed for that because this would undermine and confuse voters to have two proposals. Proposal A, which is really about access and accountability, um, this would give us a legally binding contract with the developer. This would fix some of the problems and challenges that we have now in many neighborhoods that host large developments. And it only applies to those that get our tax breaks and tax abatements and public subsidy. And the threshold is $15 million, So this trigger is very, again, attainable and so forth. Proposal B is very extreme. It, it says only seven, it has to be a $75 million project. Um, so the trigger is really, really high. And if you look at the last about 50 projects, development projects we've had in the city, it would have only applied to one. For listeners who are not familiar, what are commonly referred to as CBAs, Community Benefit Agreements, Give us a definition. A true community benefits agreement is a legally binding contract between the community and the developer. What you should know is the city is involved as well. Right now, the current uh, structure is the developer and the city sign a agreement for various promises, maybe hiring um, requirements, maybe about public health, maybe about a number of other things. But usually it's about certain specifics that they want to come out of the development. We don't get, we, the community organizations that host it, these developments do not get line in the contract to sign. Why that's important is we don't have legal standing. So I'm going to give an example. Marathon Oil Refinery got $175 million in tax abatement in exchange for 100 jobs. Years later, we find out they only hired 15 which is about $11 million per job. The city administration did not claw back the $175 million. If we were signatories on that agreement for those jobs, we would have been able to have, if we had the capacity, to take them to court and have legal standing to hold them accountable to the promises they made in exchange for public dollars. We constantly say, if we have to pay, we should have a say. The problem is it's relying on city administration, city council to have political courage to claw back, to hold them accountable. And we're going on 30 years of not holding a lot of these companies that do get tax breaks accountable. And instead, these companies rather pay the fine because it's cheaper than actually comply with the promises they make to the community. And that's why Proposal A is very critical. We get to sign the agreement. Proposal B, we don't get to sign the agreement. Things are going well in the city, but we know it's going to hit a wall if we don't get into the neighborhoods. We're going to have the same problems we've been having the last decade. And so we want to get a seat at the table. We want to sign these agreements and we want to hold them accountable. Okay, so what is the benefit then for a developer? Well, the developer gets the tax break. I mean, you talk about, uh, the. let's look at the stadium, uh, hockey stadium, $284 million plus. You know, this is $18 million of that, 284 came out of classrooms. That is money that could have went into the general fund. Developers have complained that the process in the city is already too complicated. It includes too much red tape and hurdles. How would a CBA contribute to that process uh, would it help it? Would it hurt it? If you're not getting a tax subsidy, and it has to be a project of $15 million or more with uh, $300,000 or more in tax breaks or public subsidy so they can get land or whatever, but that it has to amount to 300000 If you're not getting that, you're not going to have to deal 
with the community benefits process. You can voluntarily, but you will not be forced to. So in terms of the day-to-day workings of a, a community benefits agreement, is there a community benefits board? Are there representatives? How are the communities engaged in the process? The way the community organizations are um, engaged is it, we call it a host community. And the burden is on them to organize itself, to create the body that will sit down and negotiate with the developer. The good news is if we don't organize ourselves, if the host community is is not moving forward in organizing itself, then the developer is off the hook. So the burden is on us to be engaged. I think people get the general idea of it, but what is a, a, a developer beholden to? I'll give you an example. Some of the community benefits agreements we've seen across the country and even having conversations with host communities here in in Detroit is that you actually hear them say we would like bus covers, extra lighting. One particular coalition in the stadium area, the new hockey stadium that's being built, said, we love what Wayne State University does, Illich. We like that they help patrol and provide public safety measures outside of the campus. And we would like you to do something similar to that. But they come back and say, well, that's not our responsibility. And, and, and that's where we believe being in the room and having some teeth and say of, of well, you just took a big tax break. You no, know, we're going to ask you to do public safety measures beyond that. You're bringing in thousands of fans. You're bringing in uh, possibility for more car theft. I mean, you hear those what we call day-to-day issues that we believe these developers should help us address because they're taking these tax breaks that we know. I mean, I hear Council President Jones say this all the time. This is money away from us to get the stop sign up, fix the fire hydrants. This is general fund money that can go towards those issues. No one should say, oh, I'm going to walk two blocks away from Comerica Park and see decay and blight. You don't want to look behind the development, this beautiful development, and say, wow, look at that neighborhood. It's poverty and decay. And those are the things that we want to address. We want public health addressed. Um, It's not just about jobs anymore. What happens if both are approved by voters? City Charter says that uh, that means we have to basically try to reconcile the differences. But, you know, there are legal experts that we've sent uh, the city charter to in, in, in the languages, and there are different opinions. Uh, I think there will be a continued fight to see what is going to prevail. But I can tell you this. I mean, we're going to fight very, very hard to make sure B fails. 